Welcome to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, just barely. We're also online at WRQK.com. I, uh, I, dude, you guys know, if you listen to the show, you know i got to get it out. So I come into the, the building this morning. This is my third day back from vacation, and not a single thing in this room works. Not a single one. The board they told me they were going to label, nah, still not labeled. The Q speaker that you have to hold on to make sure you can hear things in your headphone, yeah, that part's still great. The computers that I'm given to work at in my workstation, neither one of them worked this morning. At some point, dude, Fanton, I'm doing it today. I am emailing my bosses, bosses now at this point. Like, dude, somebody has got, I've said it a thousand times. You don't have to help me do this, obviously. You don't have to help me do it. I've made Rock 106.9 number one with no help. So you don't have to help me, but get your boot off my throat. Do you know, just quit holding me underwater and let's see what happens. Like, dude, build a studio in here that actually works and watch what happens then. Imagine if things went well. Yeah, I mean, eventually it has to go up the ladder. I can't argue with you there. I like, won't. Good God. And, dude, I was in a pretty good mood today, so let's shift to that. All right. Because, dude, things are let's outside. Get, let's dude, get out of there. No, outside of Rock 106.9, my life is fantastic. I love what I do for a living. Just where I do it sometimes can just beat you down. All right, but I love what I do, so that part's great. Met somebody new, that part's great. Um, dude, finally got the dentist thing handled yesterday, right? Got all my you know information, got all that stuff. Was given a recommendation by a coworker, um, a saleswoman, Nicole, who works here, was like, dude, go see this guy. I just picked the salesperson with the best teeth. That's what I did. I was like, who, who's dentist? Like, what dentist do you use? So she like hooked me up with like Dr. Ash, who's this a great guy. He ended up being great. Uh, their entire staff ended up being really, really nice. As a matter of fact, our buddy Dustin, his cousin, works there. That put me at ease. Okay. That kind of put me at ease. I was like, all right, we got good That's people nice. on yeah, staff. That's good. We, you know what I mean? We got good, good like, you know, I'm upside down in the chair, though. She walks in. She's like, I'm Dustin's cousin. I want to meet you. And I was like, well, can I meet you when I'm, when I'm right side up? I was going to say, how did that go? How did she find out you were there? She, um, well, just I'm pretty loud. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty loud. And so I, uh, and yeah, I believe there was like, there was some whispering amongst the rest of the staff. Like, that's one of those things where I don't know how I feel about that. Usually I like it when people know who I am in the sense of like, I was at Melt the other night. The manager saw me and was like, yo, free meal, dude. And I was like, awesome. That's great. Um, my insurance agent the other day, like I got new homeowners insurance and they were like, yo, are you Fantone from the show? And I'm like, yeah, this is good. But healthcare professionals make me a little bit like, nah, I, like I don't know. I don't know. There's something about Why? it that feels weird to me. You, you feel like they're less than because they like you? I don't know. I don't feel like they're less than necessarily. I just know that like... Just like, okay, well, you got that free meal because the manager saw you. What if the cook saw you and he hates you? You know what I mean? Like, there's always that little bit of me where it's like, it's healthcare. I don't want somebody giving me the wrong stuff or like, you know, I like not taking as good a care of me as they would. Well, I, it's luckily, weird. Well, luckily for you, you work in Canton and right? nobody likes Megan and Christian that much. <laughs> like nobody. Dude, their parents don't like them that much. You're going to be fine. I think you're going to, I think ultimately you're going to be I okay. Should. But no, that put me at ease because, dude, I had been going back and forth to Westlake for four years to see the dentist because right. I hadn't found a dentist down here. I just hadn't found one. And that was me. It wasn't like something wrong with I was just lazy. And so, but it, I had lost a crown. Crown fell out. And then I like put it back in temporarily with like Dentemp that you get at like CVS. Yeah, it's like going work. And dude, you don't want to do it long term. No. And it's the second time it happened. So he gets me in the chair and he's like super nice. He's like the world's nicest guy. And, uh, you know, he's talking to me about it. He goes, well, let's see. He's like, you know, let's we'll take a couple of x-rays. So I'm sure I'll get the bill on that. And uh, and he's like, let's take a look at how your mouth looks overall. Turns out pretty good. 
Um, he goes, all right, if I can get this crown to come off, we'll just then we'll re-cement it fully. He's like, if I can't get it to come off, we'll just kind of leave it the way it is and wait okay. until it kind of comes off on its own. So sure enough, he yanks on it a couple of times with the, like that thing, and they get it out. And, uh, dude, he re-put it in. It's way better positioned than I had it. And he's like, yeah, because, you know, some of this old stuff was still built up in there. We got to clean it out, got it really submitted. Um, I, there's no, like, uh, sensitivity with it uh, with the way there can be sometimes when they start moving stuff around in there. I have zero issue with that um made an appointment to go back next tuesday for just a standard cleaning okay he gave me a nice spin brush i got all kind of free gifts yesterday when you start a new dentist it was awesome the uh the dentist is one of those things where i'm much more likely to go to the doctor because i'm like well dude i don't want to die something's wrong with me i feel like the dentist to me is 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 like you, you were saying like there's just something about it where it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's not that I don't necessarily want to go. It's like, eh, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I don't, I don't got the time for that. And it's like, dude, clean mouth is a pretty important part of your life. Like, huge. Huge. Well, like I said, dude, like that crown fell out. We were still on vacation. I was like, dude, I was like, I just kind of like met this girl. I can't have mouth problems. Right. I was like, dude, I got to get to the dentist. I got to get this stuff going on. She wants to put mouth on mouth. Jeez. And like, I, 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 I like I mouth on mouth. mouth. I, I need mouth on mouth. I can't, I can't have the crowns be gone. Like, I can't have it. So like, that felt pretty good to get like get that done and I felt like a grown up when I left there so I was like man I have a dentist it, um, like, I, I, like, I, like I'm I'm finally this way I kept telling her actually while I was gone notice I quit working at the Agora and what happened met her on a Saturday night because I wasn't driving up to Cleveland to go work even though Rock 106.9 likes keeping me as poor as humanly possible <laughs> they like keeping me as poor as apparently what their budget is to put computers in here apparently we're running this off of my checking account in here <laughs> But that was, you know what I mean? So, like, you stop, I stopped, I stopped living this double life. Right. And then all of a sudden, now everything's kind of starting to fall into place. I don't know why a dentist makes me feel like that, but, but, but he did. It's, um, I don't know. It's strange. This concept of adulting being a verb as opposed to a noun is a real thing nowadays. And, yes, it is. And you can kind of like, you can kind of like scoff at it. And I'm sure people who what are. What I'm scoffing at is I wonder how many people know what the difference between a verb and a noun is. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying if you're 55 and older, there probably is a little bit of this. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, oh, sure. what are you what like you know sure. people of a, of a certain generation are going to be like no that's not adulting isn't a thing you do it's what you are oh that girl, remember that girl at the bookstore got super pissed at me because like I was waiting to buy that Tiger Woods book and she was like I'm sorry um I'm just getting started adulting today and I don't know what I'm doing and I remember I just looked at her and and I thought I was going to try to be funny but then I was like nah dude you kind of hate her so just like tell her the truth and I was like you know what I was like the first rule it's not called adulting it's just doing stuff as as a society as we've become stuck in this state of like perpetual adolescence where it is just like we're Throw just back Thursday. well we're just constantly 12 years old like that's what we are there are now these like little accomplishments where it's like oh i went to the dentist good job me adulting hashtag adulting yeah. it's ridiculous it really is but it's it's true like yeah. that's 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 how that's how it is i felt accomplished yesterday because i'm like all right much like you like i'll go to the doctor but all right, like if we lost our job tomorrow, yeah. okay, one of the things I'm going to stop buying to save money, not toothpaste, but maybe mouthwash, right? Like maybe like those are those on the bubble purchases where it's like, well, I brush my teeth. Do I need the, do I need right. the, am I spending the money on the mouthwash when I'm trying to make rent? Probably not. 
And you got to think, too. I mean, like, that's you like, oh, well, maybe I won't use mouthwash. I mean, there's people who skip their medicine. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, like, so, so, so those decisions become, you know, as you get further and further down that rabbit hole, those decisions become harder and harder to make. And, yeah, dude, mouthwash, toothpaste, like, the, the entire concept of oral hygiene goes out the window at some point. Yeah, you lose your job. It's fingers. And, like, you know what I mean? It's fingers and toothpaste. You know what I mean? That's how bad life can get. Life's going to get pretty good for you guys today, though. Eight and nine o'clock, both both hours, two opportunities. We'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We also have tickets to TSO. Mm-hmm. Apparently some of you were bad and we're giving you coal. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that, that whole deal is. You guys, I know. Apparently you want to go. I think TSO is really stupid. Watch. She probably likes it. I probably got to go to TSO this oh, year. Oh, 100%. Can you get tickets to that? Oh my God. Wizards and Winter. We're going, right? Oh my God. Listen to that. You guys listen to this. So if you listen to me bitch about computers not working, I'm sure TSO sounds amazing to you. All right, my boss is probably awake now, getting his sweet tea from the drive-thru. In the drive-thru right now. And so I don't need him pissed at me about the fact that I'm pissed about my computers. Because he always bitches at me. Stop complaining about everything in there. Then fix one thing, you turd! We have TSO tickets. We also have uh, Hall of Fame City Comic Con tickets, do we not? Indeed. Yeah. Multiple opportunities at those this morning as well. Fantone and I will be on site this Saturday at the Hall of Fame City Comic Con, 4 to 6. Uh, hosting and judging your cosplay contest. I've asked for a thousand times. I'm going to ask again. Fantone wants to see wrestlers. We yeah. all know. I yeah. don't know why. That's weird. And uh, uh, and I'm a video game person, so I want to see all your best Overwatch costumes. I'd like to see a little Mercy. Just a little personal request there. She's kind of hot for a, well, a drawing. <laughs> pretty hot, <laughs> pretty hot for, for something that somebody drew. Pretty hot for that, I guess. That's weird. If I, if I could take it all back, I would have probably not said all of that. 7.30, we'll send you to the Hall of Fame City Comic Con. 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas and more Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Yo guys, Phantom from the Stansberry Show here, checking in with my crystal clear vision, thanks to my friends at the Rollholt Vision Institute. That's right, we're talking about 2020 vision here, baby. That's perfect, and you could be seeing the same way. All you have to do is reach out to the good folks at the Rollholt Vision Institute. So if you've been thinking about LASIK, dude, the first step is to get some facts, and they're all available to you at rollholtvision.com. You can take the self-evaluation test, you can check out some of the financing options, or maybe you just want a better picture of what LASIK actually is. Well, it's all right there for you. All you have to do is visit that website. Like I said, it is rollholtvision.com. 6 9 Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. That's not fake news. You can actually listen to the uh, podcast. I came back to work uh, after my dentist appointment yesterday, thanks again to Dr. Ash, and I um, came back to the building, sat down with the boss man in his office. We kind of got some things figured out, so Monday show is officially back up. I know a lot of people are like, we want to hear the after vacation show. Yeah. Um, so that's back up for you. Yesterday's show's available for you at WRQK.com. This morning's show will probably not be, let's be honest, three days in a row of it working right. Let's let's be let's let's be honest. Did you see the company wide email? Not company wide, but like region wide email that went out about podcasts? We got complimented in it. So I was in the office when that email was being typed. Okay. Um I know it's overall message. I don't, I have not read the official email, but I was in there with him and he kept saying to me, he goes, you're the reason why I'm writing this. And I was like, what did I do? He goes, no, 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 dude, you're doing this right. And I'm telling everybody else who works underneath me, like, dude, you got to do this the way Stansberry's doing it. And I was like, what? 
Like, since when do I do things well? Well, it's one of those things that, like, and I've said this about podcast listeners before. I mean, across the board, I don't care how you listen. If you are listening, I appreciate you. But, like, you, like, podcast listeners go out of their way yeah. to, like, F with us. Like, some people are just like, eh, dude, I'm in the car and you guys are better than, you know, the other crap that's on Canton Radio. And it's like, okay, fair. well, like, yeah, that's fair. true. Um, but podcast listeners go out of their way. So, dude, it's definitely appreciated. And, uh, yeah, we got, we got quite the little compliment right there. It's so funny how far podcast podcasting has come so again as i was on the radio when twitter premiered i was on the radio when podcasting premiered and all the hosts were resistant we didn't want it we didn't like it we didn't like the idea of it back then and actually this radio station still does i can't go too far but how you're rated is really matters and so really what you that's how we all keep our jobs and so what you would do is you would do everything it took to make sure people were listening to the radio while you were on the radio that's what you would do now doesn't matter like it, it's it's crazy, but it, it still do, it does still matter. But now everybody's gone. Well, we we can calculate web hits though, right? Like so, like let's figure that out. It's a much more um, exact science, right. Of people that are coming to the website and clicking something than it is. You know, hey, I like these guys, so I wrote it down. Radio ratings are much like political polling, where it gives you an idea, but it doesn't necessarily give you the it's entire not exact picture. Science. When it comes to website stuff, like we can see exactly, you know, who you are, what you did, where you were before this. Like, yeah, there's a million a million benefits to it. And dude, it, it's one of those things you you have to evolve. I understand 15 years ago why it was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 but nowadays, if you didn't. You You'd be you'd be dead well, you'd be a dead duck in the water. We were right. It has ruined everything. We were right. We were we were concerned the companies would be less concerned about live shows, and they would be and and the listeners would be a little less feverish about when the show was on. I'll catch it later. And it has done all that. It's it hasn't done anything good for me. It hasn't done anything good for you. It has done a ton of good for the end consumer, and that's who we're doing this for. So if it benefits you, then that's fine. But ultimately, it does not benefit me at all. Like it doesn't. As a matter of fact, I would probably do better if you thought, "Oh God, I better listen to that tomorrow. I have to know what he's thinking." Do you think that in the sense of like brand expansion, though, where it's like now more people have more ways to use, so therefore, when they are in the in the polling data, it's okay, more to, likely to be like, "Eh, Stansbury, right. I f with that guy." Okay, to say that nothing good has come to me from it, that's crazy. That okay. was too far because we got a lot of Oregon listenership now because I lived out there for a while. And People, you know, it kind of knew I w- this is what I did when I'm at home. Um, so, like, that kind of helps. I got, obviously, we're pretty big in Nevada now. My brother's got a bunch of people listening to us in Nevada. So, that kind of works. And yeah, I mean, dude, you've lived other places. I know people are listening. So, it's like, yeah, that part helps. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure. I just need people listening to it when it's on. You know what I mean? And so, I know enough of Yar, which that, that part's great. But so, the, yeah, I mean, the podcast has just come a long, long way. Hosts now love it. Where when it first came out, we were all like convinced it was going to ruin live shows. Um, now you have less live shows than you used to have 15 years ago, so maybe that fear not necessarily so crazy. I did want to reference this because I saw it. Actually, our boss is the one that tagged me in this, and we saw this from Facebook. And yesterday, having been 9/11, um, Adam Lafferty, and I don't, I don't, it, his his post does not tell me, I don't believe which department he's with. But he's a firefighter. Okay. And you know what? I'm just going to read you his post. He says, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and I'm broken. At one point, I had to stop around 1,500 steps and take all my gear off and sit in the car for about five minutes. But I didn't want to give up. So I got back out, got dressed again. 
Well, I still didn't fully complete the 1980, 1,980 steps the firefighters had to climb in the Twin Towers. I at least met my goal, which was to do the McKinley steps. He did these 18 times. I ended up doing, he ended up doing rather, 1,872 steps. Says I did it with full gear and air pack in a 50 foot section of a third of a um, you know, quarter people staring. Some of them giggling. Kids are saying, oh, look, a firefighter. Very few people understood what I was doing. Really? I had a couple of people ask me if I was doing this for 9-11. I said yes while being exhausted trying to catch my breath. While I was unable to express my gratitude that somebody understood while trying not to die, it was much appreciated. Firefighting is a brotherhood, one that I have been happy to be a part of for 10 years now. It's the best job in the world. I did this for those 343 men and women that day that gave up their lives trying to save others. They didn't hesitate. They acted. And I also did it for me. I love the job I do, and I like to think that I have the courage to stand out in a crowd alone. People pointing, taking pictures, laughing, asking if I'm being punished, and trying to see if I have what it takes to physically accomplish what those men did that day. That if that day comes, I won't hesitate, and I will give my life if need be, and my all to make sure somebody makes it home. Hashtag 9-11, hashtag firefighter brotherhood. Never forget. I like it. I like it. Of course. I love that. I am surprised that on 9-11... Dude, if you did this... In October, I'd be like, well, is he in trouble? Like, right. what's happening? But, like, it, on 9-11, people don't, can't be driven home the message of what you're doing? Yeah, that's 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 kind of a head-scratcher to Fall me. because me. I mean, like, the, the, the guys doing it at Planet Fitness, I think it was like four or five years ago, that went viral, you know, and that's kind of happened. On, like, the stair climber and thing, And it's right? kind of happened every year since, and good like that isn't i think that's a very very appropriate you know you know show of respect there where it's like that is a brotherhood and the fact that that guy says it's the best job in the world kind of blows my mind dude like to me it sounds like the scariest job like i wouldn't do that no matter what she gave me and this dude's like no best job in the world man oh i could never be a firefighter never never it's not about the burning building it's not about running in there and putting a human being over my shoulder and walking back out dude i don't f with ladders Really? Like, dude, you could, dude, if you, all really? right. Our building where we work is pretty, is not very tall. I don't know how many stories it would be, but two, three, maybe. No, where we're in now. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, there's another level up above us, I think, right? Um, somewhere. I don't know. But it's not very tall. But if you put a ladder up against this building, and I, I could walk up the ladder fine, and I could get on the roof, and I'd be fine. We'd be up there, dude, just like, you know, Andy and Red, just drinking beers, just drinking suds in the sun, right? And I'd be just fine. But once I went to get down, I'd be like, I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't want to do it. Climbing down ladders freaks me out. Wow. I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that I don't was, lo- I didn't know that was a problem. No, no, no. I don't love the heights. I'm clumsy. And so I don't love them. Now I'll ride roller coasters and stuff. Now I say that, but I haven't been on one in like five years. So I don't know right now. Maybe not. But I, I, so I don't, that part's okay. But if you leave me to my own, like I'm dumb and kind of clumsy and I might be able to fall off something. I'm not wild about it. Okay. That's fair. I mean, like, yes, the, the concern of death, no matter how it's coming to you, is definitely what makes me not want to be a firefighter. The Dalmatian and, like, riding in the truck, that's probably all awesome. Like, that's probably a good part of the job. But the fact that that dude was, like, best job in the world, it definitely shows you who that guy is. So, um, you know, Ben writes and he says, dude, you got to remember, man, high school kids weren't even alive. Like they weren't even like the, you know what I mean. A lot of them weren't uh, weren't alive, and yeah. it's like okay, that's that's a fair thing, but dude, are we not 
teaching about 9-11 yet? High school kids were in high school yesterday when this guy was doing it, too. I mean, like, high school's back in session. Uh, so, like, so they weren't kids. Yeah, I mean, these these if they if they were kids, they were five-year-olds with their parents. Okay. You know what I'm I mean? Thank God that, that was the correction, because I wasn't doing the math in my head, and I wasn't sure if he was right or not. Yeah, there's some sort of an adult there who, who, who was, if not... I mean, at this point, dude, if you're, you're old enough to remember 9-11, if you're not, I mean, you know. Well, plus, I mean, you've heard of it by now, right? Right, right. Like, and I think I would like to say, yes, we're totally teaching people about 9-11, but I can't tell you how many people yesterday I saw, what do I want to say, with conspiracy theories, with with things that were just just blatantly inaccurate about the day and stuff like that. So I would like to say that, yes, the education's there and people know what it is and people are treating it with respect, but like, that is not true. That is not true. When will they start to cover that in history class? I'm sure they do. Like I'm D-Day sure. and like, you know, you know, and all that. Like, when do we start? I mean, that's a different. I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to relate those two things together. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a big moment in our in our nation's history. When does 9-11 stop being alive? I don't know. I don't know when that goes from like something that we all experience together, kind of a living when memory. When we die, right? No, because I mean, people who were alive for D-Day are still alive today. It's just, it's just that's that's. It it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like something that affected me as an American. It's something that affected America. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know how long after a date that is, but somewhere along the line, I don't know if it's a generation or two generations, but somewhere along the line, it becomes history as opposed to like something we went through. A wound, right? A yeah. scar as opposed to a wound, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's exact. That that's probably the best way to say it. I um, that's interesting, because we should already. Well, the problem is, is like, what do you tell them? I'm sure. I'm sure they're. What being do you told. tell them? I'm sure they're they're being informed about it. I think there's just like anything else. There's so much bias of like what you want to believe about something. Misinformation is readily available. I don't even know how you teach history now, right? Like, how do you do it? Like, enough of the stuff that's in, like, actual history textbooks has been disproven, right? Kids have Google on their phone. Nah, Mr. Anderson, look, it's this, right? And, like, everybody's got their own truth now. Everybody has their own story now. Everybody has their own history now. I don't even know how you teach kids history anymore. How do you do it? They're all going to second guess you telling you, no, that's not really the way it was. And it was awful. And America was never great. And it's going to be, it's all going to be that. Like, I don't even know how you go about teaching history anymore. I wouldn't. But, I mean, obviously 9-11 needs to be part of that scope, right? I mean, this is kind of my take on this, is that the further you get away from something, the less people probably need to know about it, right? Because it's not just, it's not part of what's going on with you. And so, could we maybe not skip over other massive parts of history in history class and be like, well, dude, these kids nowadays don't need to know about that. They don't need to know about, you know, the 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 you know, French war, like to just, you know, teach them about nine 11. Like at some point we start updating what we're doing, right? At some point we update what we're doing. I can't necessarily sign off on taking other parts out at the end of the day. I mean, history is to be learned from like, that's, that's why we keep track of it. I think we're going to end up moving away from it though, because more and more people are going to start proving and start saying, look, we don't even know if any of this stuff is right. History honestly is just, well, it's written by the victor. Right. So it's like their story and be like, well, we kind of won. So we'll skip over this part and we'll just make sure we say this and, you know, we'll just say this. So at some point, people are going to make the argument of, aren't we just teaching lies and making people believe stuff we want them to believe? I don't know. Um, but uh, it, uh, all right. Jeffrey now tweeting in says, I was told by a teacher that they are starting to put 9-11 in school books. It will be this year, as a matter of fact, when that starts to go into 
uh, into textbooks. I I like that. And honestly, if that guy's yesterday walking up and down those steps, the McKinley steps, in full gear, and people don't know why he's doing that, that's sad. Now, real quickly, because I have to, and I'm not calling this guy out that's not this, but I've asked this question since I moved here, and I'm doing it Saturday with the new girl, so i got to know. But isn't walking up and down the McKinley steps a little, little wrong? Isn't it wrong that we turned a presidential resting place into a place where we pretend we're going to the gym? To me, it feels tacky. I would not do it. When I first moved here, I was dating somebody else. And so she was like, let's go do all the Canton things, right? So I took her there. And we went, and she was like, what are they doing? And I was like... Um, exercise. She goes, that's a, dude, that girl's soulless, by the way. She's soulless. And she looked at me, she goes, that's a president laying in there. Is jogging in a cemetery uh, out of bounds? I don't love that either. Yeah, I don't To be either. honest with you, I don't love it. I don't either. So. I don't love it. But, you know, the other day, you know, the girl and I, she was like, well, we got to start doing all the Canton things. And I was like, well, the McKinley steps, right? She goes, oh my God, Saturday, 830. We're totally doing it. And I was like, wait a minute. I already went on the air once. I was like, this isn't right. You shouldn't do this. I don't there feel you right. are, Saturday, 8.30. Well, dude, I mean, what do you want? That's the power of women. That's what they do. That's what they do. They make you think that dumb things are good ideas. I don't know how they do it. Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I know. I know exactly how they do it. Yes, I do. They have the most mesmerizing product ever is how they do it. More Sansbury Show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. 6 9 Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock. We'll send you out to Las Vegas. 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That'll be a good time. We're not allowed to go, but no, you can. Not even invited. No. Not even like, if they were like, yo, you guys can pay your own way out there. We'll get you tickets. We'll get you hooked up. No, nothing. All right, so this guy Matt wrote in. You and I were talking. Yeah. And I've always questioned, is running the McKinley steps okay? And the, the look, the firefighter did it yesterday in the full gear for 9-11. I'm obviously not going to take issue. Different than just different. jogging, right? Different than a house mom from like Jackson, just like working off baby fat. That's different. different to me. It is, right? But I do get that being outside and walking the steps and all that, it's going to be beneficial for you, right? But that's a president laying in there. And I've just been like, I don't know. Now I'm doing it Saturday morning because the girl asked and I was like, yeah, all right, let's go do it. But there's a little bit of me. It's like, dude, that's not okay. Be interesting to see how you feel doing it. Is it going to be one of those things where it's like, man, I had this in my mind where I was going to feel guilty, and all of a sudden I'm doing it, and it's like, who cares? You know. Well, once you're in it, the exercise will take over, and you'll, you know what I mean. You'll start to, you know, like that. Plus, being with her will be cool, obviously. But like driving there, I'll be like, what am I doing? Why am I doing? And honestly, driving home is where I'll judge myself really bad. Now, people have um have brought this up in the past, and I even think like. The museum's official stance is that, like, that the reason they put that lap around was so people could go do exercise there and not necessarily be on the steps. But I, th- I think that, like, the, the, the kind of like unspoken rule is that, like, well, President McKinley would want you to be better in yourself. Therefore, it's not that bad. Ah, you're going there to, you know, you're going there to mental gymnastics there. Now, you asked about the cemetery. Right. Like, what do you do there? Jockey is that the okay? Is that all right? And I'm kind of with you. I don't love it. But now Matt writes in. Uh, he says, my parents buried my little brother in a very uh, active uh, cemetery, a place where she used to go and exercise and a lot of other people exercise every day. Now, my mom says she wants him to be in a cheerful and active place. Okay. Not a dull, dead feeling place. When I go visit okay. him, I totally understand what she meant. It's just a little bit more uplifting, I guess. Just another opinion. Love the show. Okay. I, I will never tell anybody else how to feel about stuff like that, okay? But what I will say to to you is 
How does everybody else's family feel right. about the fact that that's what's going on next to their kid? You got to remember, somebody else's kid is buried there too. Now, uh, sorry w- about your loss, by the way, man. Yes, yes, yes. At, at, at what point, though, are we going to turn this into like smoking, not smoking cemeteries? You know what I'm saying? Like, at what point is it like, all right, well, over at this one, we're going to have music playing and it's going to be like benches everywhere and like there's exercise equipment. And the other ones, it's like, no, it's somber, it's right. serious, you know. So, so this is what I want to know. All right, because I haven't been to DC. Honestly, I think since Maxwell got married. So a long, long time ago, right? And are people running the Lincoln steps? Like, is that happening there? Because that's my point with McKinley. Is, dude, that's a president laying right, in there. Right. Yes. And, and, and I guess there is a little bit of a difference there of, like, not even a little bit. Like, there's a pretty significant it's line the same there thing. Between, between somebody who served their country in that capacity of, like, the presidency versus, like, just an average cemetery. There is, there should be a line there. There should be a difference there of how we treat things. Like, I, honestly, there should almost be a velvet rope around out there when you, you walk up the center section of the steps and that's it. And, like, you, you know what I mean? And, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's when I first moved here and we went up there to visit it, I was like, wait a minute, they're, 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 we're rocking this now? But, I mean, at what point is it like, well, then you can't do anything you enjoy there because it's a somber place. This is hollowed ground. Like, we can't have the fireworks display there because it's like, well, well would you do that at Gettysburg? You know what I mean? Like, at what point does it become like? I don't know, do they? I don't know. No, I don't be, know if they that, that'd be a cool display. place to go see that, right? <laughs> but there, there is that level of like, well, what? Where else does that take us? Where else? If you can't exercise here, can I laugh as I'm walking up the steps? Can Slippery I, slope is what you're saying. Can I? Can I hold hands with my girlfriend and be like, "Oh, we're just doing this just to take a stroll," as opposed to like go pay tribute to President McKinley? I don't know. I don't know. But if they're having picnics in that grass part in the front, like, doesn't that make you go what? I don't know, dude. I don't. It's weird. It's a weird line, and I guess there's no right or wrong answer to this. No, there's a lot of people who live here who tell me all the time, "God, you make the biggest deal out of everything." Like that's not that big of a deal, and I'm like, I don't know. Is it the biggest deal in the world in the sense of like, is it going to end anyone's life or is this negatively impacting anyone? But it is like that societal standard of like, how do we treat history? How do we treat like what should be one of the great, one of the greatest things about Canton is that a president came from here. Like that's, there's been 45 of those dudes. So the fact that we have one, the fact that we've got that, I, I mean, I, I know it's never, good luck getting another one. I know it's never going to be the pro football hall of fame in the sense of like a tourist attraction, but it is something to be very, very proud. Oh, I bet most people who come here to see the Pro Football Hall of Fame swing by that. Oh, I'll disagree. I bet you most people don't even know about it. Really? I bet you most people don't even know Oh, about it. come on. Dude, wait, oh, no, I disagree, and here's why. I think you're right in the sense that are most Americans, are they too fat and lazy to care? Yes. But do you're coming to Canton, Ohio, where we, and you're going to see the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So ev- eventually the wife goes, that's great, honey. What are we doing the next two days? Where's where's Where was President Polk born, born? You know what I'm saying? Most people don't know. You know that the Pro Football Hall of Fame's in Canton because you're going there. What's going to make you be like, oh, Dude, I wonder if there's any presidential monuments. I, I, well, I bet you most people. What I'm saying is, is like if you're coming here for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you're going, okay, that's great. That's six hours. What am I going to do with the rest of my time there? And I think eventually, did you start Googling and maybe you swing by? Drive north is probably what you're going to do. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you're out of here. Well, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's right there. I guess we'll just do the two Hall of Fames. All right, all right do you want to go to the McKinley Monument or Cedar Point? What do you think, babe? <laughs> all right. On, come on. Point taken. You win. You're obviously right. I'm willing to bet. Yes. Yes. 
that uh, that Cedar Point going to be a bigger attraction. <laughs> Which, by the way, you're allowed to walk around there. You're allowed to run around there. Absolutely. 7.30, we'll send you to Hall of Fame City Comic Con. That's this Saturday. Canton Civic Center. We'll get you hooked up with those. 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas. Hurricane Florence is getting ready to rock the nation. No worries. Everything's going to be fine because we, the Sandsbury Show, have put Pat Robertson on it. He's on it. He's going to help us all. We'll play you that audio next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Sending you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That will be at 8 o'clock this morning. Also, 7.30, we'll send you to the uh, Hall of Fame City Comic Con. That's this Saturday. Canton Civic Center. Fantone and I both on site. Hosting and judging your uh, your cosplay contest there, just like hosting and judging all the time, like pretty much what we do. That is what so we do. It's a very natural transition for us. There. I am that guy. I am totally <laughs> judging you. If you see me in public, I'm judging you. Like, dude, that guy's life's out of control. Look at him; he doesn't even have it together. That mustard stain's not from today, and I know it. Wait a second, is that a mirror, son of a bitch? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know why. I mean, like, dude, I, dude, I'm easily judged. <laughs> Easily indeed. Um, this not all that funny, obviously, as Hurricane Florence is getting ready to, well, hit land and honestly destroy a lot of America, they say. Like, it's heading yeah. for the Carolinas. Yeah. And I'm hearing it's supposed to be, they're saying now, not going to miss, won't miss. And it's uh, it's supposed to be really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, they're calling for like 20 plus inches of rain, Jeez. which is just inconceivable. Like, we were supposed to get five inches the other night, we didn't, but like... That's a ton of rain. Five inches, a ton. That's like 10 feet of snow or 20 inches plus of rain. You just, everything is destroyed. Literally everything. That's crazy, man. I mean, um, and now here we're getting a little rain, you know, a little, you know, off of the storms and selfishly, it's helping the golf courses. So I don't hate it. No. But the Carolinas are right in, in, in like the path of this. They're talking about $170 billion worth plus of damage, which would make it the most fiscally disastrous natural disaster in the history of America. Yeah, but the good part about that is the president will go down there and throw paper towels at you. (laughs) He'll throw paper towels at you, so that part will be cool. You'll be fine. No, something tells me we'll handle that better. Uh, As a matter of fact, dude, one of of our co-workers, her husband works for FEMA. He's already been dispatched out. Sure. He already left. Of course. And she, she said to me yesterday, she goes, this is what our life is like. Anytime there's a natural disaster, he's gone for months. I, did I know that or did I not know that? I think I knew that. Yeah, Chris works for FEMA. I mean, it's obviously not a, a situation you want to be in, but that's got to be kind of an interesting job, right? Oh, so I love him. Right? I love him, and I talk to him a lot. And uh, and I always hit him up. I The first thing I'm like, dude, what's working for FEMA like? And he'll start to tell me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but how much money do you make? And I always ask him that. Uh, he does very well, by the way. And I, I said to him, I was like, you got to love that, right? He goes, I know why you think it's super interesting. He's like, but Dan, my entire life is dealing with people whose lives just fell apart. He's like, it's kind of sad is what it is. Much like being an ER doctor, a cop, even like even like a service member, there's probably a lot of really high highs and then a lot of really, really low, low lows. lows. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I told him, I was like, dude, I was like, 
plus your wife. I thought that's what would make you drink. I didn't like now you know hang out this job. But you know he does. He likes it. He enjoys it. But it, you know he's away from his family all the time. Like I forget that last like tornado or something that happened. He was gone like two months. Yeah, and she I'm said sure. to me yesterday. She goes, I'm just assuming he's not going to be home for two months. I was like, Oh my god! Like that's got to be a strange life. Yeah, that that would be tough for your partner to leave for two months at a time. Yeah. Kind of kind of on a whim too. It's not like it's like hey yo I got to take this trip to Japan. I'm going to be over there for two months. Get but, prepared. Wait. Right. Do this whole thing. No, it's like, dude, you know what I mean? The weather does what the weather does, and he's got to go. And there's got to be a little bit of, you You probably do need to make decent money for that, because how is he going to get people to do that job? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to do that. Well, she works here, and I've seen their house. Okay. He does all right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> he, does, he, he does all right. All right. This is the woman that has 13 TVs in her house. Remember that one? Okay. Yeah, that's her. Okay. That's her. That's her. But Hurricane Florence getting ready to set down. Now, this let me, let me tell you why you don't need to worry about it. Good, because I am a little worried about it. Why not? A, you don't live in South Carolina. All right, well, good. Okay, so point number one. And two, we're already on it. We already dispatched FEMA, just told you about that. Right. So we're good there. Right. And now we got the prayer chain going. We're just going to pray. And we've reached out personally, the Stansbury Show has, <laughs> to the number one prayer artist of the country. Artist, okay. Well, if you're an artist making sandwiches, okay. then you're an artist when you're talking to God. All right, right, fair All enough. Right. And Pat Robertson, he's on it. He, Pat Robertson, knows how to handle Hurricane Florence. We have the audio. Let's take a listen. So I'm going to ask you right now, put your hand out toward the Atlantic, wherever it is, and let's speak a word right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You Hurricane Florence, we speak to you in the name of Jesus, and we command the storm to cease its forward motion and go harmlessly into the Atlantic. Go up north, away from land, and veer off in the name of Jesus. We declare in the name of the Lord that you shall go no farther. You shall do no damage in this area. We declare a shield of protection all over Tidewater, and we declare a shield of protection over those innocent people in the path of this hurricane. In Jesus' holy name, be out to sea. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you. All right. A lot going on here. First... Dude, the flashbacks of Pat Robertson and my grandparents' living room. My mom's parents were like big 700 Club religious weirdos, like believing all the stuff on TV. You know, I mean, cordless phone in the hand. Earl, we got to donate the money. Like, oh, my God. So, like, just, just flashbacks of that. Second of all, this is what I don't get about praying away, Nash, like, you know, um, like weather tragedies. Are you of the belief if you're praying... That he's in control of all this. So Jesus knows it's... Now, again, I'm trying not to be... Again, let me... All right. Let's make friends. <laughs> okay? Nine twelve. We got to do this. Right. Okay. Let, let's make friends. Okay. All right? My father was a minister. I was raised with a ton of religion. Okay? So I, I'm not trying to be... I'm trying to be just a little disrespectful to it, but not like a ton. I'm not. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. But God's aware of the storm, right? So, like, praying for, like, is it, so what's the theory? That we send the storms to see if we'll pray? But wait, I thought he knows all the actions of all the men and women on earth before and after and while they're doing it and all that stuff. So, 
Let me get this straight. Knows the storm's there. Knew the storm was going to be sent there. Knows whether or not you're going to pray about it when we send the storm there. Then what are we doing? Is free will a thing at that point, essentially, is what we're getting into. And I think that's the that's the part of the problem with like the all-knowing, all-powerful God is that, is, is that argument of like, well, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. And dude, I would like I would like to like you know, blast this and be like, oh, these idiots. But at the end of the day, is this hurting anything? Is this harming anything? Is there any loss here? You can say that your grandparents gave away too much money to Pat Robertson for sure. But like, it's kind of like thoughts and prayers to me after a shooting where like, I understand where you're coming from with it, where thoughts and prayers aren't a terrible thing. Now, I don't know what else Pat Robertson was doing, but let me tell you where I have a problem with it. That's a huge piece of power and influence that guy wields. Like, it's crazy, right? So... Maybe instruct your followers to do something that can actually help somebody. And that's what I was going to say is the argument against the thoughts and prayers after a shooting tragedy is people are like, well, where's the action? Okay, now we did the thoughts and prayers. It's not that I have a problem with Give that. Me both. It's when it's empty. It's when it's okay. when, it, when there is no action followed by it. So, like, end of the day, do I think Pat Robertson's just looking out for himself because that's where he's based and he doesn't want he doesn't want the hurricane where, to, I don't know to, to tear up the 700 Club broadcasting studios, the CBN studios, or whatever it is? Of course it's his own, you know. But I guess I'm expecting this. This is this is what I this is what I think Pat Robertson is. It's how he made his his, his name. Now he starts going into the praise be to God, and it's like, well, let's wait until the hurricane skips first, right? Yeah, you should probably do that. Let's wait until it skips. Now you know what I want with Pat Robertson. We What's always that? do this with Pat Robertson. Is I kind of want to hear Pat Robertson slow down a little bit. In the name of Jesus, I love it. You Hurricane Florence, we speak to you in the name of Jesus, and we command the storm to cease its forward motion and go harmlessly into the Atlantic. Go up north away from land and veer off in the name of Jesus. Oh man, oh man! A little later in the show, we'll uh, we'll slow down the "be out to sea" part because that part was great. A little later, we'll do that. Um, here's what I am going to need from all of you guys. I normally cut up pieces of the show for best of the following day. So if anybody should happen to die from Hurricane Florence today, <laughs> will you tweet me so I don't run that tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and sound really inconsiderate about something that's happening? I know a lot of you don't love the blasphemy, but we 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 uh, well we sure seem to we uh, <laughs> we do it well we we can never we can never seem to get off off that hill. We do have tickets for the Hall of Fame City Comic Con. You'll have them. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock. 1069. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Passing out those Hall of Fame City Comic Con tickets here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. This uh, next piece of conversation is a little terrifying. Now, a lot of you are in serious, committed relationships. So you should not, should not have to worry about this. However, there's a lot of you that are in committed relationships right now that one or both of you is cheating on the other one, um, which is not committed, by the way. But, no. <laughs> but, but, but look at people lying to one another, right? 
But between 2002 and 2010, so about eight years, the percentage of young men who used a condom during their first sexual experience jumped from 71% to nearly 80. Okay. So losing your virginity, I'm going to put this condom on, we're going to have the sex. Nearly 80% of young men were doing that between 2002 and 2010. Like, it rose, like, 9% or whatever. That first time out, dude, you're so nervous about everything. You, you, I mean, you're just terrified. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that uh, increased usage there. As a matter of fact, me losing my virginity had to wait a couple of days because I didn't have a condom with me, and the girl was like, yeah, dude, I'm not letting you do that without that. I, I don't like, remember it. 100%. So you, don't like, remember, you, I you don't remember? You don't remember if you used a condom the first time you had sex? No, I was pretty drunk. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those situations, like, and a lo- I, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, you'll always remember your first time, and I'm a little bit like, eh, a little bit I remember it, kind of, sort of, I remember it, but not really. Oh, I could tell you everything about the first time I had sex. I mean, it was my buddy's older sister, and it was at her dad's apartment, but it, well, I can't remember, like, I don't know, I don't remember all that much about it, I really Super don't. Super classy. Yeah, I mean, dude, well, dude, and drinking gas station vodka too at 17 so it's not you know I, I, I just i just don't remember a lot of it so those numbers coming from the cdc right but from 2011 to 2013 in two years it dropped all the way back down to like 75 percent. so we lost like five percent of the people now it doesn't sound like a ton okay but it's like you gotta understand how many how many people that is five percent you know what i mean of the, those many people she says here one of the this phd and uh she's a sexual health researcher at Indiana University. And she says a lot of her own students are being raised and think that condoms are for one thing only. And what do you think that they think those condoms are for? Birth control. Right. That they're convinced that that's the only thing that condoms for. So therefore saying, eh, herpes and chlamydia and like all that kind of stuff eh, whatever, the condom's not really for that. It's to make sure I don't get the girl pregnant. So if she's on the pill, I don't need this. Yeah, I think there's plenty of people out there who kind of view life as the greatest of all the STDs there. You know what I mean? So that's really what you're like, ah, dude, who cares if I get herpes? I just don't want to have a kid at 17. You know what I mean? Bad system. uh, I I think there's... There's probably a little bit of a lack of foresight when you're 17 where you don't necessarily think about sexually transmitted diseases. You know you don't want a baby. You know what I mean? Like You're like, dude, that would ruin my life. You don't necessarily think like chlamydia is going to ruin your life. Now, Well, that's fair. Um, that, that, is, that is true. Now, she says here part of the problem is the marketing of it. She goes, condoms were synonymous with fighting off HIV in yeah. the 1990s and 2000s when we were just kind of starting to wrap our heads around HIV and that whole thing, right? But recently... It's all about pregnancy prevention, the marketing and condoms. Now, I don't know. I don't really, nobody's really marketing those things to me all that much anymore. Um, You know what I mean? Which is really weird. Like, that's really weird. Like, dude, condoms should be advertised everywhere like soda. I think more than anything, condom commercials to me aren't ever about preventing pregnancy or preventing STDs. It's always like, hey, this is going to be, this is going to feel just as good. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I ever get out of it is like, oh, don't worry. It's just like wearing nothing. It's not like, hey, dude, AIDS, be afraid of it. Or you don't want to take care of a crying poop machine. It's just, you know. yeah, I mean, that's, that is fair. Um, I just to use condoms. Like, what are you doing? Like, you gotta be out there. Like, if you're going to be sexually active, 
unless you're in a fully like committed relationship, and again, most of you think you are, but you're not. Trust me, dude. A lot of your a lot of guys listening right now, your girlfriends are in my DMs, bro. I'm just telling you. So, dude, like, get your arms around this stuff, dude, and quit spreading disease around. Um, I, I think there's definitely, you know, when you bring up AIDS in that point, AIDS doesn't feel like the epidemic it once was, nor does it feel like the death sentence it once was. So, I think that's a part of it. Um, I think that there is a little bit of sexual. What do I want to say? Uh, kind of like, eh, whatever attitude. Like, eh, dude, it's 2018. We'll have sex with whoever we want whenever we want. So that's at least going to play a part of like, eh, dude, I don't necessarily have to wear a condom. And I would say at least partially the access to abortion probably is a part of it too, right? Has to be. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that's not going to be part it of it. Has to be. Like, if we make this mistake, like, oh, I'll pull out, don't worry. But... If we don't worry, if we if I if I accidentally stay in, you know, one one pump too long, it, we can take care of it. So I think all those things combined kind of make this perfect storm here, guys. Just so you know, it could be half a pump too. <laughs> sometimes you can, sometimes you could be, you know, you could have your math off. Now another thing they're saying in here that's happening, and I could see this being true, that less and less younger people are having intercourse. Really. That what they're doing is they're just getting together and oral sexing it out. Really? And so a lot less people are using condoms over that because people are less like, you know what? Who needs that? We'll just do this. I mean, who needs herpes on your lip, I guess. But like, Fair. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like STDs can't be translated from, from oral sex. But if that's if that's your mindset and you're really okay with the concepts there, you're not going to get pregnant. You know what I mean? So condoms aren't a part of it. I just, to me, it's like, well, dude, once you get the third base, what do you don't want to go home? Yeah, I mean, I used to I'm an oral sex enthusiast, so I used to tell chicks all the time. Well, dude, throats never get pregnant. Right. And so like that was, like, you know, I used to. But, dude, here's the thing. Once you're in the in the zone of it. Yes. Like once you're kind of doing this to her and she's doing that to you, don't you just kind of feel like, dude, I just kind of need all of this. Yeah. The next step is right there. I kind of need it. I can't I can't wrap my head around that. Even if you knock one of them out totally. And then you're like, the night's still not over. I still want to go back. I still want to go back. It's like a buffet. It's like, yeah, dude, I had the pork chops with them now, but dude, now there's a lasagna up there too. And I need, <laughs> I need that too. Yeah. Did I just turn sex into food? Yes, I absolutely <laughs> just did do that. Hall of Fame City Comic Con. It's this Saturday, Canton Civic Center. Fantone and I will be on site four to six for your cosplay contest. And you're going to be in as we're passing out these tickets right now. Caller 20, 1 800 243 7625 on those. And we'll give you more Stansberry Show that's right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. Yo, guys. Fantone from the Stansberry Show here. The Roll Holt Vision Institute is what I want to tell you about. That's where I had my LASIK surgery done. And I see 2020 now, baby. I never thought it was going to be possible, dude. I thought I would always have to worry about where my glasses were. Did I have enough contacts? Am I running out of solution? All that stuff. Dude, that's ancient history to me now. And if you want to be living the same lifestyle, dude, all you got to do is visit the website. They've got financing options available to you. They let you take a self-evaluation test. I want you to visit the site. It is RollHoltVision.com. Hello, everybody. You're looking live at Fansville, a college football utopia. Fansville. Where the rivers flow with ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Delicious. Where the yards are lined with chalk and the homes are filled with framed photos of your head coach. Above the mantle. A place where you can wear a jersey to a job interview. Bold move. And you get that job because the boss was wearing the same jersey. Touchdown. Where the coolers are filled with Dr. Pepper. And so are the fridges, glove compartments, and pretty much any place you can think of. So much Dr. Pepper. 
Get a taste of Fansville this fall during a college football game near you. Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville. Grab some today. Some game day cravings can't be denied. Stock up on your favorite Dr. Pepper products today at your neighborhood Giant Eagle. Hashtag official drink of fans. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. 106.9. You know, I really wish the imaging of this show made us sound less gay. Not that I care. Nothing wrong with it. But I feel like it's falsely representing the Stansbury Show. Welcome back to it, by the way. Online for you at WRQK.com. Sending you to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's at 8. Give you your first keyword of the day multiple times this morning. Where's the, when is that reach around happening? Like, is that ever going to happen? What happened? I, let's not. I don't know. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to flip the coin on that one. That one. That one seems bad. Rob actually tweeted in and says, "So, dude, I turned the show on live and I hear Stansbury say I had the pork chops. Now I want the lasagna." He goes, "I don't know what the hell you were talking about, but get the podcast up already. I need to know what you were talking about." Well, it was sex, Rob, is, is is what we were talking about. Just doing the pork chop minute. Just just the lasagna update. <laughs> Got food on the brain, apparently. Food on the brain. Actually, we're going to continue with sex here now. All right. As uh, a guy, I guess this is England, is where this happened. He's 45, but was born without a penis. Andrew was born without a penis because of a one in a 20 million birth abnormality. And it wasn't until his late 30s that he figured out that doctors may be able to like make him a penis. Um, phalloplasty is what they call it. When when this happens, and obviously, I mean, like, no penis, I would assume his testicles not... Are they just guessing? Like, all right, flip this coin. We'll decide what what we got going on here. That, that's got to be a tough call for a doctor, right? Wasn't it like, like 0.1% of people, like they do kind of have to make the decision at birth because of like things that happen? And it usually goes female because... And I remember... Easier I, to do. Easier to do. Easier to dig a hole than to build a pole. Like, that's, you know, the truth of it. So... Man... <laughs> Man, what what a great way to wrap that all the way around. There but you is. are you are right. There it is, a little rhyming. But they took skin from this dude's arm and okay. like molded a penis for him. Okay. All right. Um then he had to wait 6 weeks before having sex. Uh but he had sex with his now girlfriend. He's 45, she's 28. And she's not all that bad looking. So, dude, how did a dude almost 50 land a woman like oh, not even 30, kind of hot? And, dude, yeah, he's got probably got a good job, right? Good credit score. Because what do with now, no penis? I would say I would say this is probably, I don't want to say her having a fetish or something like that, but her being drawn to the abnormality of the situation. Yeah, I guess you would be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you would be. There's 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 a groupie for everyone. You know what I mean? And like not having a penis, there's somebody out there who's like, "Oh man, that's that's the guy I want to date." Yeah. Uh yeah. All right. I guess I I guess that's the way it would work here. Um all right. So how penis implant surgery works by step. Okay. Skin and muscle is taken from the left arm and a vein in the right leg. Okay. The skin then wrapped around the vein in a tube. Surgeons then mold the flesh into the shape of a penis and attach it to the body. Now, can I custom order my penis? Like, I am I? Assume. Can I be like, you know what, dude? Like, I gotta be honest with you, dude. Like, I, dude, give me a full, dude, give me the Shawn Michaels experience. Now, what I'll say about that—that's Shawn or Michaels. Give, give her the Shawn Michaels experience, I guess. That's Shawn Michaels, BBC, not HBK. Just so everyone Fair knows point. out there. Fair point. Um, but with that being said, I would assume the more 
you wanted out of it, the bigger it was, the harder it would be to do, I would assume. All right. As you add extra inches on, there's going to be more and more complications. You got to get more and more blood to that. You have to, you know what I'm saying? Nah, like, just sling that thing over <laughs> your shoulder and go to work. <laughs> Step number four inside the new penis is a penile implant. It's comprised of a saline reservoir, a cylinder that runs along the length of your yeah. penis, and a pump and release valve that's inside your scrotum. Yeah, there's no way you could just sustain an erection. There's got to be something there making that happen. Jeez. Jeez. You know. What do I got? A foot pump? Is it like, like playing football <laughs> in the backyard? Pull string. You got to get that thing fired up like a lawnmower. Apparently, the last up there, the implant then allows uh, the user to pump saline fluid that is kept in the reservoir into the cylinder. Once fully pumped, the penis will be hard enough for sexual intercourse. Now, here's what I don't like about that. Sometimes I know the, the I know the theory is guys are just we're just horny all the time we yeah. just just constantly chasing the, our woman around the house right? right and for the most part that is true too we are we're just running around the house with our tongues hanging out but dude sometimes we're tired too right yeah. like sometimes we're like we're stressed too and we're like you know what I just don't feel like it tonight you know what you horny bitch no you're not getting any and now this poor dude don't get to do that and she's gonna be like just step on the pump and give it to me. <laughs> That's right? I mean, for the rest of your life, you're just now a sex slave because you're not even in charge of what happens. No, I mean, she she, she certainly is going to. And you got to think, too. I mean, there's probably a little bit where she can hold that over him. But if you're if you're in that situation, if you're in that situation, she has to understand, like, and I can't even imagine this is like, you know, yes. Is it is it firm enough for sexual intercourse? Sure. But I just see a lot of like. You have to be careful. Like, you don't want to break it. You don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, it's not nearly as durable as a regular penis, I can't assume. Well, he's 45. They're not, as dur- <laughs> they're not as durable when you're 25 either. Trust me, I got one of these, dude. I need a foot bump. That thing would be fantastic. Are you kidding me? Other than the fact that you would be sleeping and there's your bitch on the side of things and stepping on it. Like, wake up and give it to me. Like, that, yeah, like that would be terrible. But outside of that, I think it would actually be all right. All right, let's bail out. I, <laughs> I feel like I've done enough damage in this department. I feel as if, yeah, the boss is like circling the studio, yeah. probably. All right. Stop All talking right. about penis pumps. I got it. <laughs> got it. Talk about other things. Sure enough, we'll do that next. And send you out to Vegas on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Minutes away now from sending you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. My mom will pick you up from the airport. Oh, nice. <laughs> My mom's going to pick you up at the airport, and uh, she'll... Tell you to your face about how I've been a complete disappointment to her her entire life. That'll be fun for you, right? That'll be fun for you. It will be fun. Daniel, why don't you visit? Because all you do is scream grandkids until I leave. That's why. I haven't decided if I'm going for Christmas this year or not. I haven't decided. I probably should. She's getting old. She is. But I don't really want to. Why don't you bring her out here? No. No. (laughs) That's even worse. Hey, four feet of snow and your mom. <laughs> Man, Ohio in December, great, right? No, 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 not a fan. Not a fan of that. Fantone and I are very similar. In a lot of ways, we're very, very similar. Mm-hmm. But in the ways we're different, we could not be any more different. And this is one of them. And uh, according to this psychologist, Fantone's right, and I'm way wrong. Okay. Is this about Journey? <laughs> no. Okay. You leave Journey alone. Okay. Journey's damn good. I like that Journey shirt I was wearing yesterday. You were wearing it yesterday. I, I was. No, this is how you exit relationships. Okay. And what you do. And Fantone and I are very, very different here. Fantone is a scorched earth dude. 
if you break up with him or if he breaks up with you, he's off your Instagram, off your Facebook. He's taking your number out of his phone. Pictures are coming out. You hold on to nothing. No, I really don't. And a lot of stuff, some stuff it's like, eh, this is kind of an arbitrary thing that she gave me. Should I hold on to this or not? And more times than not, I'm like, okay, it's a coffee mug. Who cares? Like, there's a little bit of like, well, who cares? Keep it. But then there's a part of me that's like, no, dude, everything about you, you don't owe me an explanation, nor do I owe you an explanation. We're not in each other's lives anymore. So if you can get to the point with said product that you you, that it's not tied to her. It's just something you use. You'll keep it. But if it's but if it's an attached to a memory of her, you're like, I gotta See, get this out of here. Gotta get you. Gotta get you out of the life there. Now I say that now. You get heartbroken Matt Santone three days after that breakup. It's going to be a completely different thing. But when I'm logical, when I'm sane, you know, this is the way it should be. You know what? Thanks for admitting that. That's because I think most people would be in denial about that. And I think now, and I don't think this will happen, but I think now, like you, the the woman you're with now, you probably care about more than maybe maybe most other women you've ever dated, right? And I think if she was to be like, you know what, dude, you kind of suck. Get out. I think you would maybe be a little bit different with this one. In the initial devastation phase, I would, I just like anyone else, I'd be like, oh my gosh, oh, she's so great, the best person on the face of the planet, I ruined this whole thing. But by the time you get over that, the insanity that comes from a breakup, because everyone, I don't care who you are, you the worst version you of crazy. yourself comes out after you get your heart broken. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, but once that sanity restores itself, I'm not like, oh, well, maybe we'll try to stay friends. No, nah, I'm good on that. All right, well, that's what they're talking about. Nina Atwood is a therapist. She also wrote the book Temptations of the Single Girl, right? She says staying friends with an ex is the worst idea you could possibly have. It's a terrible idea, she says. Now, I was surprised about that because I would have thought not. All right. If I date you for three years and then we never speak again, I wasted three years. But if I date you for three years, we end up at that, but we find a way to be grownups about it and I keep you in my life as a friend or like I gain something here or that, then time invested is the way I look at it. But I'm apparently I'm wrong. It's not so much. I, I don't I don't want I'm not going to be childish about it. Like I'm not going to like talk crap about you on social media and burn your stuff in front of my house. To me, the adult thing to do is to move on. I mean, how many friends have I moved on? A bajillion. Most, right? A vast majority of them. One, you had a chapter in my life where it was like, dude, we went out every night when we were between the ages of 21 and 24. We were tearing up the bars. But now it's like, no, nah, that's three years invested. But that's who you were then. Right. I don't need you for this now. I've moved on from that. Okay, that's fair. She says, wanting to be friends with an ex keeps you from feeling the full like depth of the loss. Yeah. All right, so you're not really dealing with it. You're kind of like band-aiding it. She goes, you're softening the blow of the breakup. You may feel that this person knows you better than anyone else. Even if you're not sexually attracted, you may still want the emotional intimacy of that person that you share. This is one of those things that we talk about all the time in the show, that people will choose comfort over what's healthy. They'll go with what they know versus trying to find the thing that you should have. Yeah, to keep yourself in your comfort zone, the lies you will tell yourself, the convincing of yourself, the the, the misremembering of things, dude, you will just just do anything possible to stay in that happy place or at least that comfortable place. I do all of these things that they talk about on the internet about that are bad about relationships. I do them all. I don't know if this is a real term, but breadcrumb, I probably do it. Orbiting, I do it. I do all of these things. Like, I'm still... I had to go score shirts one time because that girl just like ripped my heart out of my chest. And it like was, I mean, it was a 
abundantly clear. And it was just, dude, I had to take her off Facebook and Instagram. I just couldn't, dude, the sight of her just still made me like absolutely crazy. So I had to go scorched her at that time. Most times I don't. And so, like, I still see, and up until recently, I had been seeing, like, exes posts. I'm like, oh, well. And you know what guys do? Women do this, too. Oh, I'll like this. Ah, oh, we'll like this. Ah, oh, well, maybe we'll comment on this. And you're basically, what you're doing is you're, you're sticking your toes in the water. Like, is there a chance? I'll see. If she texts me, then we have, you know what I mean? I'm not going to text her and be like, hey, let's sleep together. But if she starts coming around, if she notices and then says something to me, maybe maybe it'll start that conversation. You're right. Breadcrumbing is a great term for it in the sense of like, you're not really putting yourself out there, but it's like, well, you're opening up that door for a reason. And like... As you try to keep that door open, as innocent as you think it is, dude, it's letting something negative into your life. Yeah, it's probably not great. I would admit that. But now, again, you and I are child free. Okay, so let me ask you, does this then apply to people who have kids together? Because I don't think that that's healthy. Well, don't you want to remain at least friendly? So when you're dropping your kid off or picking your kid up that dude, what you don't want is your kid to see dysfunction. No. And I guess at that point, though, it's like. You obviously as a parent have a a, a responsibility to make sure that your child is the top priority, but that doesn't mean you have a responsibility to like her Facebook post. That doesn't mean you have a responsibility to keep following each other on social media or for you to stay, you know. So your theory being that it's possible to remain friendly without being friends. Correct. Yeah, I I think 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'm friendly with people in this building I would never be friends with. And and, and that's the the bitch about having a kid, it seems like, is that you now, for at least the next 18 years, are tied to that person that you either got pregnant from or got pregnant. And whether you like it or not, it's no longer about being friends. It's about being parents together. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, glad it's not me. Yeah. Actually, the matter. Oh, that. Well, yeah. Uh, yes, if we're being honest. Yes, absolutely. Actually, dude, we're going to get into this a little later in the program. Is that there's a guy, I think it was Michigan, who's like trying to test the boundaries of whether or not if you get a girl pregnant, you should be financially responsible for it. His argument is, is that women can opt to have an abortion without you being part of that decision. And so, should you be able to leave her and not be responsible financially for that child? If a woman can make that decision to end that, why can't you then make that decision to end that? We're actually going to get into that a little later in the program. Before we do, though, got to send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival, your first key of the day right now. Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, text the keyword jackpot to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info, standard data, and message supply. That's jackpot to 200-200. Good luck from Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got the Sandsbury Show here. Fantone and I will be on site at the Canton Civic Center September the 15th for the third annual Hall of Fame City Comic Con. And the Hall of Fame City Comic Con, they pride themselves as being a real fans Comic Con. And you saw it last year in the cosplay contest. Dude, so many awesome costumes. This year, I'm sure will be no different. Stansberry Night, we're going to be hosting that cosplay contest. So if you need those tickets, you can pick them up online at HOFCityComicCon.com. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas another time for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. I believe Justin Timberlake, Luke Bryan, all part of that. Sure. I'll just keep saying names. Yeah, just they're, they're going to be there, It'll I be would true. assume. You're not going to win anyway. You won't know. Obviously, I'm kidding. You can totally win. We'll do that around 9 o'clock for you. Um, I'm hesitant to talk about this because I worry. This is This is part of the problem with the world today is people get like 
pieces of information and not all of the information, and then they just like run around and regurgitate it. Okay. Or then apply it to their lives as if it's true of them. Okay. This is very much akin to the, well, if your bedroom's messy, you're probably a genius. And it's like, oh, okay, no, okay, okay. you're just a lazy turd. Okay. All right. Right? There's a difference. Yes, highly mentally efficient people can be a little bit sloppy because they're just concentrating on what they're going on in their brain, so they're setting things down. But just because you don't clean up tomato sauce that fell on the kitchen floor doesn't mean you're smart. You could just be a slob. Yeah, I mean, show me the rest of the work. Like, okay, so, hey, boy, I'm sloppy, therefore I'm a genius. But it's like, well, where, where's all your genius accomplishments? <laughs> like, right. what, what have you done? Right. I mean, if you've been at the same job 10 years and haven't been promoted once, guess what? You're not a genius. It's the way that works. But there's new research out... And this is, you can file this under, well, duh, of course this is true, but the problem is is that people are going to apply it to them, and this doesn't necessarily apply to everybody. But they say worry and anxiety are 100% linked to having a high IQ. Now, I tell you, duh, of course, because only smart people understand how bad things really are. That's what I keep trying to tell you all the time. I'm actually woke, not this 2018 like BS version that I'm actually woke. I actually know what's going on. And then I actually understand that dude, all of this is for not all the societal standards that they've told you, all these things that they tell you, if you do them, these accomplishments, these finish lines that if you reach them, you'll be happy. I keep telling you, no, you won't. And sure enough, you're not that, that yes, the more, you know, the less optimistic you can be. That for sure is true. And that more anxiety, the more, you know, the more anxious you'll be about what's going on. Absolutely. Why do you think doctors drink why do you why do you think why do you think cops drink and use drugs is because they see you so much more than you do and they're terrified of all of it yeah there's a part of me that feels like this is just like we kind of said that it's just well people feel anxious and they want to feel smart therefore i'm going to make this article and people are going to click on it agreed i, I don't but know both things are true i don't know i i don't know if 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 most people who are you know like intelligent I would think that they are able to see a bigger picture other than just like the worst of us. They probably see the real of us as opposed to like the worst or the best of us. I see. Now, dude, the most intelligent people I know deep down, I don't want to say miserable, but they're definitely more aware that things aren't good. And that honestly, more so that things have never really been good. And dude, all right. I had trouble in school. Obviously, being molested by a neighbor it makes you really weird, right? You don't know how to necessarily interact with people. You don't know how to do all this stuff. So, dude, they started getting me into therapy and with therapists and, like, school counselors really, really early in my life. Like, really, really early. And I'll never forget, one of them didn't close the door when they were talking to my parents. And I got to hear things I shouldn't have been able to hear. And I heard the therapist say to him, yeah, I don't know what you want me to do. You're kind of screwed. He's kind of figured it out. He's kind of figured out that when you pull the curtain back, there's nothing waiting for you in the end. He kind of knows it. And so she's like, I don't know. He's 11. So what do we do? Like, how do we get, how do we get him to figure, like, there's no way to turn it around. He's kind of figured out that it's all for not. And she's like, you're going to kind of always have to deal with this. So which way do you think it would be better for people to be? For most people to be stupid to and be, get through life and be happy. Ignorance is bliss. And ignorance is bliss. Dude, that is America. That is who we are as people. And most people would be better served to be ignorant. And this is what I was talking about with the news this whole last year, right? And I always use immigration as the example. Immigration, immigration, immigration. We fought for it. We fought it 
18 months in a row, and what do I always say? Are you any more educated on how immigration in this country works? No. The answer is no. So what are you reading all those articles making yourself miserable about a wall that might or might not get built for? See what I'm saying? If you just didn't pay attention to it, you would just be a happier person. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think sticking your head in the sand can definitely be a positive for you in your in the sense of like well then i don't have to think about bigger things i don't have to worry about those issues but i think i'm i i i think it's fair to say that most people feel that america has gotten dumber and dumber and dumber right we're dumber as a people now than we were i don't know i think most people would say that here's what i think I think you look back and you think about the 1950s because you weren't there and you think the average person was smarter than they are. People were dumb then, too. Think about it. You only had one newspaper then. How smart could they have been? And I keep telling you, the news was faked then. Again, Ken Burns documentaries, watch them. Every soldier says, don't believe what you see on the news. Don't believe what you see in the newspaper. They're lying to you. Again, fake news, fake news, fake news. Been here forever. So, like, when you only had one newspaper and Walter Cronkite was lying to you from behind the news desk, were you smarter? I don't think you were. I think you were dumber. You thought you could believe those clowns. I guess I guess it's just all a matter of do you think as Americans are we happier now and are we more intelligent now? Well, we would be happier now if we didn't have the internet. But would we be more intelligent? I mean, because isn't that the whole thing the inter- that's driving the the intelligence? Debate? No. Do Do you think the internet has made the average person more intelligent? I do not. I think the access to information makes the average person more intelligent. Oh, I disagree. I think honestly, as a matter of fact, we've seen it in more more cases than not. You can't retain the information you used to be able to retain. So we are getting dumber. Yeah, I believe we are. But we're also getting more miserable, right? Yeah, but I believe that's because we're sitting in our pit of our misery. I don't think it's about the fact that you don't know things. I think it's about the fact that you sit around on the internet all day and you argue with strangers about things is why you're more miserable. I think you're more miserable because, and part of it is is because the online judging community. You saw it with Serena Williams, by the way. You saw it. Right, dude. Just so you know, like for those of you that don't know, she was like t- the, the guy. The ref should have never taken the game from her, but she should have been given the penalty for sure. She was screaming at that dude, and she thought it was all about the fact that she was a woman, right? And she actually went up there and was like, "I'm fighting for women's equality." Well, they ran the numbers. They ran it. You know how many times men were called? It was 86. You know how many times women were called? It was 22. Sit down, Serena. Sit down. This is what I'm talking about. Is that dude, now what is she doing? Why is she out there saying that? Because she didn't want Twitter to jump on her and be like, Serena, you had this happen and you didn't even know. He was being sexist. And you know what? You're a powerful black woman. And if you don't stand up for all of us, then you're really a horrible person. It's That's what everybody's worried about. They're worried about being called out now. And you're just, dude, it's exhausting. And that's where your anxiety is coming from. It's the online judging community. It's awful. Serena Williams now feels justified in what she was doing. She was acting like a petulant child. Now, the guy shouldn't have taken a game from her. That was way too far. That's way, 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 way too far. But but to give him the penalty? Yeah, you get it. That was not about sexist. But again, dude, Twitter and Facebook, it kind of tells all these people to be an individual. Stand up for all the people coming behind you, whether or not the facts are on your side or not. Three to one, men were called. Three to one. And yet, dude, the media, nobody's telling you that. They're all just running around going, yeah, Serena, fighting for women, fighting for women. That's why we're dumber. Because we're placating people's feelings and not facts. And that's where the whole thing's gone off the rails. Men were called three to one on that same exact penalty. 
It's not sexist, Serena. You were just acting like a child. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We'll send you out to Vegas again coming up at 9 o'clock. Brian writes in and says, hey, dude, thanks for getting Monday show finally back up on the podcast. Makes my drive a lot uh, a lot better. Good, man. I just, Dude, here's the thing. I'm just happy you guys care enough. Like, I always know when something's not right with the podcast because the, the notifications go crazy on the phone. And here's the thing. Sometimes I'm like, God damn it, son of a bitch. But I'm happy that you care enough to want to know it. As a matter of fact, our boss sent out a... Um, our boss not only oversees this building, he oversees about four buildings. And he sent out a long email yesterday about podcasts and basically said, just do what the Stansbury Show's doing. Just Will you just do it that way? And I was like, whoa, whoa. I kind of felt... You know what I felt like? I felt like Tommy and Goodfellas. Like they're taking me to go be made. And then instead they're gonna shoot me in the back of the head. It's coming around the corner. That's the way I felt like that. But no, I just I appreciate the fact that you guys care. They're available for you, WRQK.com. Fantone brought this up during the break, and it is it's an interesting insight into who um, uh, some of America is. Okay. Yesterday, uh, having been 9-11, we touched on this a little bit yesterday that the conspiracy theorists love this day. And I maintain this. Is your government evil enough to kill that many people and not care about it? (laughs) For sure they are, dude. For sure they are. Now, I don't believe they were going to be able to do that and keep it a secret. I I struggle with that. Okay. Now, we already did that all day yesterday. I only got a few minutes here, so I don't want to go too far down that particular rabbit hole. But what Fantone saw yesterday, and I saw a bunch of this too, is you saw these people who were like convinced it's an inside job, Bush and his cronies and that whole thing. They hold they they did it right, but yet that same very group of people is obsessed with we gotta stop Al Qaeda, gotta stop ISIS, gotta stop all this stuff, right? And Fantone's question is if I if I if I've understood you correctly is well how can it be an inside job and then you still hate? brown people as much as you do yeah i don't understand where the problem is at that point you i would assume you would be like anti-government because they're the ones who did it in your mind versus anti-saddam hussein you know what i mean like bin laden's got nothing to do with this then fair i would assume that if i was to ask those people that they would be a little anti-government i i would i'm just i'm guessing i don't know now what you're saying and this is true is that they're not presenting themselves as anti-government as much as they are anti like arabia and i mean and look at how many other ways they're pro-government in the sense of like, so that same person who yesterday assistance and things like that. So, so, so the, you know, the person I'm talking about is a guy I went to high school with, not really friends with, but for whatever reason knew him. And I can't, I can't unfollow him on Facebook, no matter what he posts. Like it just, to me, it's just so interesting to watch. Well, dude, now I want to be friends with him because you unfollow everybody. Now I don't necessarily view him as like all people in his, you know, he's probably the extreme. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go far enough to say that where it's like, I don't think you're mainstream but like this dude is so pro cop and it's like dude if you believe the government could be corrupt enough to 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 kill 30 you know 3000 american citizens in one day you don't view an agent of the government an officer an of law of it. right you don't you don't view them as being valuable and in any way like that person can make no mistakes every time it's like mm. if once you get into 911 conspiracy theory i don't understand how you trust anything government related i don't understand how you trust the judicial system i don't understand how you trust like laws like if you really think this is what happened how can you trust anything yeah i can't buy into the 
into the conspiracy theory on it. But this point is interesting, is that the same people who are going to be like, ah, that's a conspiracy theory, are still like the, we got to end Al-Qaeda. Right. Which, by the way, I read an article in the New York Times the other day. I know a lot of people don't really consider the New York Times to be what it once was. But they're saying, dude, that, that or- those organizations are as strong as they've ever been. That they're as strong as they've ever been. Ten years later, whatever it is, here we are now. It's that, that actually they're alive and very well. I um I'm reading this book right now. It's called The Unpersuadables, and it's about people who, no matter what information they're given, no matter what it is, and one of the things they've talked about is like literal people who literally believe the Bible, who believe that you know, f- you know, five thousand years ago, or whatever, Adam and Eve, and not necessarily parables and teachings for your life, but it's factually the way it went down. Right. And and and, and it, when I first started reading this, there was a little bit of me that's like, oh, dude, we're just gonna blast these idiots who don't understand science, who don't understand things, who who stick their head in the sand. But the more and more I'm reading it. The more and more I see, it's like, dude, everyone's kind of, you've got something in your life where you're unpersuadable about. Now, you kind of have to go through and check yourself and see what it is. What are you unpersuadable about? I, see, and here's, here's what it is. It's like... Because I don't know what mine is. The thing this is, journey's awesome. Is none of us, none of us feel like we're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because why would I feel the way I feel about politics if I thought I was wrong, or why would I feel the way I feel about sports if I thought I was wrong? That's a good point. But we also don't feel like we're perfect. So somewhere along the lines, I acknowledge that, dude. What am I? Some sort of godlike entity that's right about everything? No, of course not. No. But can I pick that one thing out where I'm like, no, that's no. where you're wrong. That's fair. Of course you can. I can't do it either. But here's the thing, and I always say this about me that. I believe very strongly what I believe, but if you show me that I'm wrong, I, I'll be like, all right, all right, yeah, I got that one wrong. I would like to think I'm the same way, but I think we all think we're the same way. But when it comes down to it, we just like anyone else, man. If there's something that discredits, uh, you know, what I think, you know, I'll stay in that lane of like, well, no, there's this one wrong sentence in this book that I disagree with. Therefore, the entire thing is null and void. There's no point for this person to be had because they were wrong about this one thing. Or it flies in the face of we'll, we'll, no matter who you are, we'll do these mental gymnastics. And I guess just in some ways, it's like. Like, it looks so glaringly obvious to me where it's like, dude, you're wrong here, but you double down and you stick with it, and, and all of a sudden you're posting crazy conspiracy theories on Facebook. Dude, listen to this from our good buddy Jimmy, who yeah. used to work here. Jimmy! <laughs> the best. I love Jimmy. He's the best. He says, I find it interesting that many of the 9-11 was an inside job, folks, are the same people who think that the Trump-Russia collusion could not be possible. Anything's possible, then. That's a great point. It- Which... Didn't they? Then they, didn't we find out there was a little collusion yesterday? It turned out it had nothing to do with Russia. I I, I read a little bit about this. I don't know a whole, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But I I mean, dude, there was like some like some security advisor came out and said, yeah, yeah, there was collusion for sure, but it had nothing to do with Russia, and it actually kind of like flew in the face of the Democrats and like there were kind of some problems that they had, and yet, dude, none of the major news outlets were talking about it. Kind of proving once again, this is where the news is kind of fake. They don't care about the collusion at all. They have an enemy in the president, and they only care about what makes him look bad. They don't care about the... This is what I'm always telling you, dude. The media doesn't care about you. The government doesn't care about you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody. So them pretending that they do is a little crazy. Now, I didn't I didn't read that whole thing, so I don't want to go overboard with it. And I don't want to say... I, because, honestly, I'm 9-12, and I think I've kind of made this commitment to myself recently. I don't want to be like, dude, anybody that voted for President Trump, you're all conspiracy theorists. You all guys are all idiots. Nah, you guys are all... Because nah, nah, that's, nah. that's not... That's, that's, it's, that's, not that's, no, it's not true. It's not true. It's not, it's right. not where we are. 
Um, but there is somewhat of a point there where it's like if you believe that 9-11 can could happen, be a conspiracy, then elections can be rigged. Then, what, then how could you doubt anything else? Here's why you got to know elections can be messed with. We do it all the time. This country goes around the world all the time and puts our influence into other elections, picks the leaders we want. We do it all the time, and you're perfectly okay with it. It's only one. So, this is why this is why America actually kind of sucks. And this is why everybody hates us. Because we go around the entire world telling everybody how great we are. Do it our way. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. And then when they start to do things the way we do it, we're like, no, no, no. Do as we say, not as we do. We're the ultimate hypocrite nation. That's why everybody hates us. And that's why 9-11 wasn't an inside job. And that's why it was done by an outside force. But Fantone's right. If you think it's an inside job, then you can't hate you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> like, they got screwed in this situation. You, know I mean? you can't hate the desert if you think it was Washington, D.C. who did it. You got to pick a lane in the road. We'll send you to Vegas. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show, where we're going to send you out to Las Vegas here momentarily for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. I cannot wait to talk about this because the word equality has been thrown around a lot these last two years. And it's starting to become a little obnoxious. In this case, kind of shows you that men don't really have the equality that women get. And now sometimes women don't have the equality men get. But this is my point to talk to you about this, is that there's going to be scenarios where that's true of everybody. And that you're not necessarily a victim, you're just kind of in a group of people that sometimes is going to get screwed on some things because we all get screwed a little. It's just part of life. Okay? But as we're racing to make sure things are equal or inclusive or whatever the buzzwords are these days that make people retweet you, you're forgetting the context of these conversations. This is never more evident than in the reproductive rights and in the parenting of children. Women get a way, way huge leg up here. Do you know how hard it is for a man to get custody of his kids in the state of Ohio? I mean, dude, the mom has to be a train wreck of a woman. Like, honestly, so much, dude, that where if a woman tells me she doesn't have custody of her kids, I won't even go out with her. Because it's like, okay, well, dude, you're awful. Like, I know buddies who are were married to awful, wretched excuses of human beings, and their kids are with that woman because the judge was like, well, kids go with moms. That's the way we do it. So welcome to the world not really being equal with something massively important. But by all means, Twitter, you keep hashtagging. But this was a case that came out of Michigan about 10 years ago. Where what had happened was a young couple broke up. But the woman then discovered she had gotten pregnant before they broke up. So they end up in court and the guy's like, well, do we split up? She decided to have the kid. I didn't make that decision. I want to opt out of my financial responsibility to parent this kid. You had sex with her. That's fair. We're not done yet. Right? His point is women can make the decision to go abort a baby without having your clearance. And what do they want to tell you about that? Their body, their choice, their body, their choice. Well, then if we're going to make things equal, ladies then shouldn't on the other side of this, a man have the right to be like, well, wait a minute, you get to do that to me and I don't get a choice in that, but I don't get to be like, ah, nah, I'm out. Come on now. What's right is right. What's right is right. 
And so now the judge ruled against this kid. It was, again, about 10 years ago. He was like 25 at the time. And he said, look, if chivalry's not dead, then it's obviously dying a, you know, a very quick death. And this kid is part of the reason why. And kind of like, you know, judged him openly in the courtroom. Um, now, I know she's a judge. But you know what I mean? But you know what I'm saying. Which I'm not sure that was right. Now, I believe that if you get a chick pregnant, you step up, you do the right thing, dude. You be right and you raise that kid and be a man. Don't run like a little bitch. Be a man. Don't be a coward. Be a man. Right? That's my take as a person. But the truth remains. Women can go get an abortion and they don't need you to sign off on that at all. My body, my choice, my body, my choice. So if you can end a life that would have been partially mine, then why can't I bail on you? Do you feel like... There should, I mean, if you're going to have an abortion, should it be a two-party system there? Absolutely. So it's not so much a question of, like, should you be able to walk away from the kid? It's more so... I want this applied on both sides is what I want. Um... I, 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 what does the father have to say about this? Is it going to be one of the questions? I I, I guess you're going to get into situations there of, like, is the woman being forced into this? Was this something, you know what I mean? Like, it is. See, but it, this is my problem with the way conversations happen in this country. You just took a broad subject and then turned it into like this huge problem that's going to be a, over a very small portion of the people. It's not a good enough reason not to do the right thing. You don't think that, you don't think that that would be something exploited and like kind of used just to- because things are exploited doesn't mean we give the option that doesn't mean we remove the option away from everybody else the F- food stamps are exploited but we still give them out to people yeah i mean i you know i'm tr- i'm just trying to push this down the field here and i'm just trying to look at it from the perspective of like I, I I understand that, like, yeah, you as a man are kind of in a rough situation there where you don't necessarily get to say whether whether that woman does or does not abort a child. Um, but still, I think there is a level of like you had sex with this person. Well, she you, had sex with me, right? And you're you're. I mean, you're right. So you're both in this situation where you you have the responsibility, right. which is then why we both should bear the responsibility either way. You should have to, I don't want to say permission because that sounds awful, but we should be on the same page about what we're doing. Okay, so so I think we're kind of in agreement here of like, oh, okay, well then it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily should this guy be able to, to, to sign off his parental rights and not have to take care of his child. It's more so like, should you have to... This is the Roe v. Wade argument for men. That's what this is. This is Roe Wade for men. But the problem is, is that if I say that now, guess what just happened in every car driving in Canton right now by women? They just laughed at me about that. As if it's like this big, (laughs) because, dude, our rights are not considered to be as serious as yours in this department. You know, not being, you know, equal. Do you think that, so you think that men should be, should or should not be able to do this? I think men should be able to run if you want. I think it makes you a little bitch of a man. And if you're out there right now and you ran out and your kids are awful. And honestly, I wish you'd listen to somebody else because I don't want to entertain you. But, but, but freedom is messy. And dude, I get freedom and so does my neighbor. So, so, so run. So, but I want there to be, but I want it to be equal. If a woman can just end a pregnancy and not involve you in that, then why does a man have to stay? So it's, it's, it's not because there's a difference here between what he was trying to propose is like, I'm terminating my rights as a parental unit. Therefore, I don't have to pay it versus running out on your kids. Two different things, right? Those are different things. They separated. 
And then she found out that she was pregnant. This is not a husband saying, I'm not raising my, my child. That's not what's happening here. They're now trying to make him responsible for this kid, when in reality, dude, she was partially irresponsible too. Yes, she was as well. I think that both parties at this point, it's like, I, yes, you both have a responsibility here. And like, should, should I, can't, I can't get over the thought, though, of like, well, you should have to have your husband, boyfriends, whoever you had sex with is permission to have an abortion. But it, you had sex with her in my mind. So there is a little bit of like once you decide to have sex together and you didn't take the proper precautions not to get pregnant, that responsibility now falls on you. I don't like the word permission either, but would, would, I, want to, there, would I want to know whether or not the man was at least consulted or told that he was a, a potential father? Yeah. Do I, do I want to see part of this? My big goal in this is, is to say this. Is for all the women out there who are trying to tell me it's male dominated, male dominated. Meanwhile, dude, this is we're talking about creating life, life, and you get all the decision and men get nothing. So keep telling me about how it's unfair to you. Keep telling me about how the world is and how it's not equal for you. No, it's not equal. And I always say this. I always will say this every time the subject comes up. Men and women aren't equal. Women are far superior to men in every way. Except for this. Women, if you could get along with one another, you'd control everything. You run every household in America, but you can't run a corporate America. You know why? It's because you can't get along with one another. Every man knows this to be true. And every woman I say this to off the air, when she's not going to be judged and I'm the only one she's talking to, admits to me that it's true. Which is if I take three women that don't know each other and I stick them in a room, the only thing that happens in a half hour, the other two hate the prettiest one. That's the only thing that happens. You guys can't get along with one another, which is why you don't control more things quit making it about my fault or the fact that i'm holding you down because that's not what's happening in the biggest facet of life creating life men have no options or at least half the options you have so much so that women say you can't even create a baby you shouldn't have an opinion on it and i always laugh at that idea too as if people who are not too close to the situation couldn't come up with a better plan or at least help you discover a better plan being too close to the story could cloud your judgment. Having people part of the conversation who can't do it is the most important thing you could do because they're looking at it from another outside angle. Quit bitching to me about equality. Nobody has it equal. You should have equal opportunity in this country. That's it. But equal outcome? You guys are starting to lose your minds. Let's send you out to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll do it right now. Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> wow. So, let me, uh, I'll fill you guys in. I don't want to just come back from break sounding like things were crazy and not tell you, right? So, obviously during the program, Fantone and I pretty much have, you know, same gig. Kind of talk to one another, right? Outside of the scope of the show, we are both given responsibilities that this building needs us to kind of like help with. In other areas. That's how companies keep costs down, by making employees do more things, right? And I'm perfectly fine with it. My job's pretty easy, so if you want to add some other stuff to it, I'm fine, right? Yeah, everyone's got that, yeah. Everybody's got that at their job. That's not like it's not like a me thing. If you wait tables, you got to clean stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, Welcome it's, to it. Yeah, it's part of the game there. So, without going too far down the rabbit hole here, Fantone's kind of responsible for helping um, get a lot of the commercials put into the log, right? Now, shouldn't really be asked to do a whole ton of that but is and you know kind of willing to help out team player willing to step up I kind of view myself as like one of the last lines of Catch defense ball. I'm here at 6 in the morning if there's something missing somebody's got to be in, Get it you in know. okay so I'm there 
right? And that's smart to put somebody in charge that you know you can that you can rely on, right? So we don't have any of those, so we chose Phantom, <laughs> right? So long story short, there, he's involved in this thing that's always like three or four people. Yeah. And this is what I'm always talking about. Now, Phantom and I actually disagree on this, and this is why I'm surprised, because this would help you, is that I believe that the lack of meetings leads to problems in every building. Not this one, every building. I believe face-to-face meeting holds people accountable. That the email's like, yeah, 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 I'll get on that, and then you kind of send it, like, oh, you know, I forgot I sent that, yeah, 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 I'll get it. Where if you can hold people accountable by face-to-face, that things get better, things get tighter, and accountability happens, right? So long story short, there's like this like like tr- holy trilogy of awful that happens between <laughs> Fantone, these two other people, and they're constantly trying to throw Fantone under the bus. And so he kind of caught something yesterday. And was like, no, this happened, and sent it out. Now finally, it has gone all the way up the chain, and now a dude has sent it out and got Fantone's back, got the shows back, and was like, no, they did this perfectly fine. Here's where it is. I'm done with it. Fix it. And dude, let me tell you, as I was just rallying against emails, that's one of the best emails I've seen. Like, good. Yes. Good. Dude brought the flamethrower. He was pissed. <laughs> he lighting bodies on fire. Pissed. And there's nothing, you know, like, because at first, every time I see something, there's always that little bit of me. It's like, dude, is this your fault? Right. And then you check it and you're like, wait, no, this what isn't mean? my fault. You check it again and you're like, all right, now it's time to throw somebody else under the bus. And dude, I mean, this guy is on fire fire this morning so like all i'm gonna say is probably a good day to lay low or well you know what it's not our fault probably no. good day to walk tall do you kidding me lay low i'm going right in there and go yeah and that guy an idiot and he an idiot look how dumb that guy is i know i'm the dude i'm the rile everybody up guy that's a dude you're the lay low guy i'm the one that's like in there like poking stuff you know what and dude the only reason why we're celebrating this is this smart probably no. not no but here we go <laughs> This is a person who, when hired, was trying to make friends with everybody in the building. Obviously, it's what you do, right? And he went about it the wrong way. Fantone left really early the one day, and I was still here, and I ended up being here later than I normally am. So it looked a little imbalanced, right? And trying to be friends with me, he said to me, he goes, doesn't that bother you? I mean, doesn't that bother you that he left that much sooner before you? And I said, well, nah, I mean, I kind of pushed off some of my work until today. I could have been gone, but I didn't do something yesterday, pushed it off to today, What's why I'm here. And he got done a little early, and so he was able to skate out. And, dude, Phantom and I run the room like this. Dude, as long as you do your job, I don't care. Just get everything done, I don't care what happens. Right? And that's the way we treat one another. But he tried to interject problems in my room, and that's where you lose me, bro. And that's where you lost me that day. And that's why, honestly, we've hated you since then. And that's why every chance Pantone gets, he sends that email like, dude, this dude's screwing up. Yeah, there's there's definitely like, I understand. Don't try to screw the room. There's power plays you're going to try to make within an office. And there's definitely times where you Politics, feel like, sure. you know, hey, you know, if, if I if I gain camaraderie with you here because, you know, hey, we both kind of have this common enemy, it's going to be worth something in the end. But like, it's just silly to think that, you know, Stansberry and I, if nothing else we're committed to each other i mean when it comes to this building there's nothing else that i'm more committed to than like all right we're in this room together because if you're not that's when things fall apart like that's when that's when it's like well that 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 that, that distrust for the other person comes in is like well is he trying to screw me over and to introduce or to interject that into our relationship trying to be like oh yeah hey fantone and sans where i hate each other come on man come so on. people ask me about you know the relationships of of you know shows all the time having done this forever right 
And here's I'll tell you. A lot of shows that you listen to hate one another. They do. And you wouldn't think so, but you can do very good shows like that. But I don't think you can do it forever like Can't that. Can't do it long. Can't do it long haul like that. Like, um, all right, the previous show is a part of. We got along great. We were inseparable on the air, off the air, and all that. But then we worked together too long, and it started to get a little too heated, and it just got a little too far, and it could never be fixed. It just, it was like, this is, it, it's lightning in a bottle for sure. It's, it's obviously interesting to peer in and listen to, but it just got to be to the point where it was too tiring and exhausting to continue to do long term. There's there's a balancing act that we have now, and I try to be conscious of it, where it's like, we can't spend too much time together, Sansbury and I, because it's like, dude, we already spend 20 hours a week arguing with each other. If you start to interject that into other places, yeah, it is going to start to wear on you. It is going to start to become an issue. And a good a good example of that. Is this why you guys went to go have drinks with us over the weekend? Was Were we invited to? Oh yeah, did your girlfriend not tell you? Uh, I don't know. Because I said to her when I was mo- when I was moving you into the uh, your new house, I said to her, I was like, I'm, it's like, dude, your boyfriend's the worst at this. I was like, he's <laughs> terrible at this. I was like, so I'm just gonna text you and like, cause your girl, your girlfriend said to me, we all need to get together. You know how the how the chicks are, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so the, we were going to first Friday, and I said, "Hey, and there she, your girlfriend's like, ah, we're at the McKinley game. Maybe we'll hit you up when we're done." And then we never heard from you. Oh, um, it was probably like, "Yo, I'm tired." But really, I'm going to bet you what that was is that first week we moved in, we both had these plans of like, "Oh, we're going to have our families over, and we're going to have tired. so many friends Too over." Tired. You had so much, we had so much crap to do. Where it was like, if, if if you're not coming in here with a box, we don't want you over here at all. Like, do lift you that. You know what I'm saying? Lift That's, it up. So so so, and I think really a, a prime example of what we're talking about here is the show that was on before us, Bob and Tom. And yes. once upon a time, those dudes were magic. But it's like, dude, you went back to that well so many times and those dudes were so exhausted with each other and so over each other by the end, that's why it was no longer good. And you do have to foster these relationships and like consciously be like, all right, how do we get the most out of this as opposed to just like, you know, like w- 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 you got to look big picture as opposed to today. Dude, the amount of times I've done a show in a studio and gone to commercial break. And I'm talking first hour of the show. So back then it would have been three o'clock. First hour of the show. First break of the show. Do it. Sounds great. You're killing it. Knocking it out of the park. And then you press the mics off and everybody in that studio sits quietly until seven o'clock when you leave. And then nobody says goodbye. You just leave. You just show up. You can't. Dude, it's like a band being on tour. They Do the singer and guitar player. Can't, do they have to have separate buses? Separate buses, right. Separate buses. Can't be near one another. Hate one another. Get on stage. Magic. Crowd has no idea. It's it, Dude, it's all smoke and mirrors. And it can be done. But it is an exhausting way to live your life every day. And I'm not interested in it. And I don't want it. And that's why, dude, when that happened, when he got here, dude, and it was like, oh, this is how you're going to try to enter this building, huh? By trying to screw. Dude, we're the one thing clicking. We're the one thing. We're the one thing in this building clicking, and you're gonna try to screw with that. So, dude, when I read that email today, and I saw that dude, he was just being torched. Dude, your boy loves it, loves that. All right, that's probably a little too much house cleaning. (laughs) Got that all done. A little too much house cleaning. Uh, as I'm reading that from my email. Too much house cleaning. Move on to something else. <laughs> sorry, boss man. Sorry, sorry. If you missed it earlier this morning, we had uh, we had a little audio from Pat Robertson about Hurricane Florence. We, uh, we slowed that down for you. We'll end the show by doing that one more time. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. 
Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got the Sandsbury Show here. Fantone and I will be on site at the Canton Civic Center September the 15th for the third annual Hall of Fame City Comic Con. In the Hall of Fame City Comic Con, they pride themselves as being a real fans Comic Con, and you saw it last year in the cosplay contest. Dude, so many awesome costumes. This year, I'm sure will be no different. Stansberry Night, we're going to be hosting that cosplay contest. So if you need those tickets, you can pick them up online at hofcitycomiccon.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Teresa will send you out to Las Vegas. She'll do so at 11 o'clock this morning. She's got your third keyword of the day for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Get you hooked up with that. I'm not going, but you can. No. Especially after that last break, dude. We're definitely not going. I don't know, man. Not even a debate. Dude, we got management's back on that one. I mean, we probably said too much. Probably. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. It needs to be said. And honestly, dude, I'm glad that email got sent. I'm glad he sent it. I like it. Take a hard line. I'm just glad I got included. I think this was a reply all that didn't necessarily need to be so. And I'm like, yes, I'm in it. Yeah. I I bet you don't get included anymore because you're the (laughs) one that tells me and then I'm the one that tells everybody else. (laughs) Earlier on the program, it was about 7 o'clock. We had had some audio from uh, from Pat Robertson. And again, I always want to do this when we do this because... Uh, for some reason, we here at the Sandsbury Show do like the blasphemy. We do. Uh, we're, we're fans. And I always want to be a little bit careful because I understand that where we're broadcasting at is actually a pretty deeply religious area. And look, we all have different views. I'm a non-believer. I was raised by a minister, and I think that that's probably why I'm a non-believer. I believe just too much of it was forced into me, and I was like, I started applying too much logic to the Bible, and my dad kept telling me, Daniel, you can't take it literally. It'll kill you. Right? And, um, and so, but you know, I kind of fall on that line. And so like, I worry sometimes that we're upsetting you, but we can admit that you can be a good person of faith and still think Pat Robertson's crazy, right? Like that can still happen. And so Pat Robertson's all worried about hurricane Florence. He's worried about what we should do about it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play the audio and then we're going to do the Sands Ratio's favorite trick to audio after we play it for you. So I'm going to ask you right now. Put your hand out toward the Atlantic, wherever it is. Wherever it is. Let's speak a word right now. You Hurricane Florence, we speak to you in the name of Jesus, and we command the storm to cease its forward motion and go harmlessly into the Atlantic. Go up north, away from land, and veer off in the name of Jesus. We declare (laughs) a shield of protection all over Tidewater. And we declare a shield of protection over those innocent people in the path of this hurricane. In Jesus' holy name, be out to sea. I love it. So now one of the things we do here when we get pieces of audio we really like is we always maintain that if you take that piece of audio and you slow it down, those of you that listened to the previous show, you know this bit. If you slow it down, it actually gets funnier. So we're going to take Pat Robertson and we'll make him sound, well, like he's under demonic possession. You hurricane Florence, we speak to you in the name of Jesus, and we command the storm to cease its forward motion and go harmlessly into the Atlantic. Go up north away from the off in the name of Jesus. Wait, do you see what they call bacon up there? <laughs> declare a shield of protection all over Tidewater. And we declare a shield of protection over those innocent people in the path of this hurricane. 
in Jesus' holy name. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's too good, man. 88 years old. Dude, which, by the way, real quickly before we get out of here, isn't it almost mean to point a camera at an 88-year-old person and put him on TV, just let him rambling? Still cashing checks, though. You know what I mean? Like, dude, if the 700 Club wasn't getting viewers, if it wasn't getting checks, they'd take it off the air. Dude, my grandparents used to just sit in the living room, shag carpeting, orange recliner chair, just sitting there, Earl and Betty, just sitting there eating Little Debbie cakes, watching the 700 Club, worrying about the end. Dude, Pat Robertson was preaching about the end of the world then, by the way. I was 10. (laughs) It's like, I mean, guys, come on. And like, this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, wouldn't you be a little worried about like, well, let's pray this away. Because, dude, the hurricane's going to hit. Like, we know that's going to hit, right? So, like, now you're basically just... Does it, when does your audience wake up and go, this never works? This didn't work. This dude. never works. Son of a bitch. This never works. Also, now again, I don't mean to go overboard, but if you believe the Bible and you believe the teachings, Jesus knew the hurricane was going. He knows you live there, and he knows you're going to pray to stop it. And yet the hurricane's going to touch down. Mysterious ways, man. Oh. Mysterious ways. Oh. Well, yeah, if I wanted everybody to believe something that wasn't true, I would just tell them, no, 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 you're not allowed to question it. Duh. No, 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 you being smart, that's not good enough. Don't question me. Okay. All right. You're right, Mom and Dad. My Motley Crew records are the ones that are going to ruin me. I mean, dude, seriously. I mean, some of that logic is just asinine. Teresa will send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's at 11. We're done for the day. Podcast the show shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Aside from that, talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. See ya. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9.